Hello, welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. And with me again to tread through the infinity relativity is Brian. Hey, Brian. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. And a little turned on. <laughs> I'm, tra- I'm trying to be podcasterly. Oh, okay. Okay. I okay. hear podcasting okay. is the new radio, and this is my radio voice. No, nah, I can't do this for a whole for a whole hour and a half, so it's not happening. Nah. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> that would be that would be a little that would be really weird. This episode of Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast is brought to you by Barry White and the Love Orchestra. Now, having Barry White on, that'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, that would be awesome, actually. I guess having Barry White anywhere would probably be awesome. Yes. I am correct. He passed away, right? Uh, yes, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Okay, sadly. good. I'll make yeah. sure. <laughs> like, wait, am I, right on, am I right on that one? <laughs> he's he's in that category of people who are like, you know, there's that small category of people that like when they when they uh, they you, the news breaks that they passed that they passed away, and your first reaction was, wait, they were still alive. Like I'm thinking specifically of Abe Vigoda a couple years ago when he passed oh, away. Oh yeah. Like literally, like wait a minute, he was still alive. What? Not, I did not know this. <laughs> nothing against Dave Vigoda. I just, I honestly spent years thinking that he was already gone. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> he was the late Abe Vigoda. He's like, no, 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 I'm still no, current. Now no, I'm late. No, now I'm late. Now I'm late. Like, Damn it. <laughs> so uh, hello and uh, happy to be here and looking forward to it. Yes, the part four of our Infinity Relativity. Let's see how far we get this time. Mm-hmm. This is one hell of a hardcover. It really is. It's it's a big hardcover. It's Jim Starlin at his Jim Starliniest, and we have discussed uh, the 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 pros and cons of that at length in the prior episodes, which you should go listen to if you haven't already. You can find them on um, Adam Thanos. No, what's the Tumblr uh, address? Oh, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. Resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. Go there, listen to the prior episodes because we're pretty good at this. Yeah, or just whatever feed you're downloading this on, just scroll up a little bit. Oh, that too. That too. They were recent. <laughs> but yeah, so hold on. Let me give you the synopsis of what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. And then we will get right in. Probably put a promo there. Mm-hmm. Because promos are good. And then we will get right into it. Since it's been a little while since the last time we covered this graphic novel, what I'm going to do here is replay the synopsis from the first three parts, just to refresh your memory on what happened up until now. And then I'm going to play the synopsis for this episode. Don't worry, I'll let you know when we get to the synopsis for this episode. Thanos, the Infinity Relativity Hardcover. Written and penciled by Jim Starlin. Inks by Andy Smith. Colored by Frank D'Armada with Rachel Rosenberg. Lettered by Travis Lanahan. Cover art by Jim Starlin and Rachel Rosenberg. Logo and book designer, Jerry K. Fletcher. Assistant editors, Jonathan Mosain and Jake Thomas. Editors, Tom Brevoort with Will Moss. This hardcover has been reprinted a few times. Once in Italian, which you can find as Thanos, La Relativa dell'Infinito. It was printed in December 2015 as a hardcover. It was also printed in June 2016 as a softcover in Germany. Thanos Die Infinity Aligns. And of course, you can always find it on digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. 
This hardcover starts in the negative zone. Annihilus, the lord of the negative zone, is conferring with his top two lieutenants, Dr. Boltar and Blastar. His entire fleet is now equipped with Dr. Boltar's gateway targeting system, meaning they can strike anywhere in the positive matter universe in minutes. They are planning an attack as soon as they can locate a mysterious powerful item that Dr. Boltar is tracking. In the positive matter universe, four of the Guardians of the Galaxy, Star-Lord, Rocket Raccoon, Drax, and Groot, are trying to find their fifth member, Gamora. The shuttle she was traveling in crashed on an asteroid, and they are going to rescue her, as soon as they can find her. They find traces of another ship having been there, and are going to track it. But before they leave, Rocket finds a mysterious red gem. As the Guardians prepare to leave, we move to... Earth. Specifically, 541 kilometers above its surface. We find a robot running around some satellites in orbit above the planet. The robot also finds Adam Warlock, wearing the new outfit that he got in the Infinity Revelation. Adam knows that this robot is an advanced scout for the Protectorate, which is planning on stripping the Earth of all its mineral wealth. Though he's not sure how he knows that. Adam can't have the Protectorate do this and strongly advises them to find another planet. On board Annihilus' fleet, Dr. Boltar and Blastar are monitoring the activities of all individuals and organizations that Annihilus considers a threat except for the one being he considers the most dangerous, Thanos of Titan, who is currently in the realm of his beloved, Mistress Death, using her monitoring system. He is currently concerned with Adam Warlock, who was changed in the Infinity Revelation. Adam is far stronger than he was ever before, and the data Thanos is getting from him is... troubling. However, Thanos then receives a visitor. Himself. At least, the version of himself from years ago when he had the Infinity Gauntlet. The Gauntlet version tells him that he needs to find Gamora and Pip the Troll, and let them know that Adam has returned. While Thanos prepares for his journey, Adam is speaking to... someone. After recapping his life story, we see he is talking to Gamora. Maybe. And where they are speaking is a mystery. While this is happening, the Silver Surfer finds Adam's body unconscious, in the only surviving ship of a vast, now-destroyed armada. This is... was... the Protectorate. The Armada was controlled by an advanced AI. It was once filled with millions of members. The citizens of Polterac 7, a worldwide pandemic, had hit the planet, and the AI was able to rescue a lot of the population and take them to space, traveling the stars of the people in cryogenic storage, protecting them until they can be cured. But at this point, there were only two people remaining, but the AI is still treating it as if it has to deal with taking care of millions. Adam was able to stop the misguided AI by destroying all but one of the ships, which is the one that actually had the two people on it. Now, as the surfer watches, Adam Warlock vanishes. And he wakes up in a luxurious bed. Getting up, he speaks to a scroll, Zelor. He apparently works for Zelor as a gladiator on the gladiator asteroid New Kral. Not knowing about Adam's return, Pip the Troll is in Starlin's bar, cheating at cards. He's about to get his ass kicked for the cheating, when he is rescued by Thanos. Pip at first wants nothing to do with Thanos, since he refused to help Pip rescue the Hulk from Annihilus last time. This was in the Thanos vs. Hulk miniseries, which we covered in episodes 30, 32, 37, and 39. However, once Pip learns that Adam is back, he rushes to find him. Thanos also informs Gamora, who's annoyed, because she had been captured by slavers and was just about to escape. But Thanos tells her that staying on her present course would bring her right to Adam, so she has to pretend she's still a captive to see where they'll bring her. Turns out they're headed for 
New Kral. On New Kral, our characters are about to come together. Adam is the headlining feature in the fights, while Pip and the Guardians have separately shown up there as well. Star-Lord is a bit concerned about Adam's presence. Since the last time they saw him, Star-Lord killed him. He wants to just find Gamora and get the hell out. Along the way, Rocket tries to have his new red gem, which I'm going to be calling the Red Herring, identified. But no one has any idea what it is. While he's trying to get it identified, we see Annihilus and several of the great powers, including the Shi'ar, Kree, Skrulls, and Galactus, among others, have now tracked the mysterious item of great power to New Kral. Hmm. The Guardians and Pip are in the audience of the arena, though not together, waiting for the match to start. From the conversations going on around them, we find out that Adam will be facing 30 opponents and that he never kills anyone he fights. When the fight starts, Thanos taps into the arena's video feed to observe and give his own commentary. At first, Adam just fights hand-to-hand, but then starts to display new powers, like energy shields, microwave powers, and personal armor. Finally, only one opponent is left, Gamora. They talk for a minute, mostly Gamora ensuring that Adam does not hold a grudge against the Guardians for killing him. He doesn't. Before they can talk more, they are distracted by a bright light in the sky. It is the Annihilation Wave teleporting in. Gladiator and the Shi'ar Imperial Guard have already arrived at New Kral, and they attack the wave. While the bugs making up the wave proved to be no match for them, Annihilus shows up and uses his fear broadcasting powers to make the Imperial Guard members too scared to defend themselves. Only Gladiator is able to somewhat override his fear and moves to take the fight to Annihilus himself. Back in the arena, everyone there is also feeling the fear effects. Everyone but Adam Warlock, that is. At a touch, he is able to remove Gamora's fear, and when Pip teleports in screaming they need to run, he removes Pip's fear as well. Adam then sends the two of them to round up the rest of the Guardians, while he takes to the sky to deal with the invasion. Above New Kral, Gladiator and Annihilus fight, but it is over fairly quickly with Annihilus savagely beating Gladiator. Once the victorious Annihilus flies off, Thanos teleports in and uses that ability to send Gladiator back to his own ship, but not before leaving a message. While Pip and Gamora corral the Guardians, Adam is busy fighting the Annihilation Wave, and beating most of them. However, Thanos realizes there are too many of the bugs coming through, and New Kral has already fallen. In a very Thanos-like move, he leaves a large bomb, and then grabs Adam and teleports them both out, right before the bomb explodes, destroying New Kral completely. Unfortunately, Blastar sees the initial blast wave, and is able to push himself and Annihilus back into the negative zone before they are destroyed. And in case you're worried, don't be. Gamora, Pip, and the Guardians also escaped in time. On board the Guardian ship, Pip the Troll and Rocket Raccoon meet and get along famously. As famously as oil and water. After those two are separated, Star-Lord informs the group of a huge intergalactic meeting that Gladiator is setting up with all the great powers to deal with Annihilus. Pip knows that this is a bad idea. Because he may be the only one in the Positive Matter universe who knows that Annihilus can now teleport anywhere he wants to in our universe, and is also now bigger and stronger than the Hulk. Well, I mean, Pip thinks he's stronger than the Hulk. He might be. Either way, being as strong as the Hulk would be a problem, no matter what. Taking in this wonderful news, the Guardians try to figure out why Annihilus decided to also just destroy New Kral instead of invading it, though Gamora has her suspicions about who really did destroy it. In the negative zone, Annihilus is also aware of Gladiator's planned meeting and is looking forward to popping in and killing all who are there. While this invasion is starting up, he and Dr. Boltar work through their suspicions, which are similar to Gamora's, 
about who destroyed New Kral. Now, both of their suspicions are correct. As we know, New Kral was destroyed by Thanos, who is presently in some random corner of the universe with Adam Warlock. Thanos has brought Adam there to talk about what happened to the two of them in the Infinity Revelation. While Adam believes his new powers are just a product of this new re resurrection of his, Thanos knows better. And in order to help Adam understand, he brings in some visual aids. First, he shows Adam a bioscan of a typical human, then of himself, then one of the universe, and finally, one of Adam. As we can guess, three of these scans are different. However, Adam's scan and the one of the universe exact matches. Thanos is able to convince Adam that Annihilus is searching for him to use him, and it would be in both their best interests if that did not happen. He feels the best way to deal with Annihilus is to kill him, and is able to convince Adam of this, though Adam feels they will need help. Back on the Guardian ship, the group is trying to figure out why Annihilus is attacking now. When Thanos and Adam teleport it, the Guardians go to attack, but after Drax is mesmerized and Peter and Rocket are stopped, Adam and Thanos are able to convince them that they aren't there to attack. On Annihilus' flagship, Dr. Boltar has located the power source that they are searching for. It's nearby, but it's with Thanos. They send out a spy drone, which is too easily, Dr. Boltar's a bit judgy about this, able to patch into the ship's security. They can now see and hear all that is happening aboard the Guardian ship. They see Adam and Thanos explain why Annihilus is attacking now, although they don't tell the Guardians yet that Adam is the power source, and lay out their plans to kill Annihilus. Using Pip's teleportation abilities, they will pop into the negative zone where Annihilus is and kill him, as well as destroying the nursery where his replacement bodies are grown. Without a new body to send his mind into, Annihilus will be permanently dead. The Guardians are a bit concerned about becoming assassins, and Rocket brings up his new gem, the Red Herring, wondering if that is what Annihilus is after. Thanos explains it isn't in the most kind way possible for him, which means he crushes it to bits, which crushes Rocket's gun-loving little heart. After Thanos temporarily amplifies Pip's teleportation abilities so he can move the whole ship, they arrive in the negative zone to see Annihilus is waiting for them and has covered his entire palace with innocent victims, preventing the Guardians from just blasting the building to dust. Okay, this is a synopsis for this episode. Thanos, Adam, and the Guardians teleport into Annihilus' headquarters and start fighting with his bug army. Adam uses some of his new abilities to destroy all the bug's weapons, evening up the odds a bit, until Adam is downed by the combination of a sonic blast and a sneak attack by Blastar. Gamora and Star-Lord take him out, but with Adam down, our group starts to get overrun. They try to make their way to safety, but run right into Annihilus and his reinforcements. Thanos takes on Annihilus, while the Guardians try to find a safe area in which to teleport out. Once they get some breathing room, they all grab a hold of Pip, and... nothing. Dr. Boltar was able to analyze and block Pip's teleporting abilities. Meanwhile, outside, Thanos and Annihilus continue to wage battle. Hey everybody, I'm Paul Spitaro. I don't know if you know me, but I'm a regular on Back to the Bins, along with my friends Dr. Bill Robinson. Hello. And Mr. Scott Gardner. Hey, how's it going? Andy's been asking us for a promo for the show for the longest time, and Bill has been writing it for the longest time. Bill, you got that promo written yet? Uh... Okay, so, anyway, 
what we do is we review three comic books. We try to do it every week. Usually it's a Marvel, a DC, and a Captain Canuck book for Scott. So, tune in every week to Back to the Bins to listen to our show. You can find us at twotruefreaks.com. And now we get right into it. S. So, oh, <laughs> you know what? It's funny, actually, because I forgot to double check with you before oh. we started this. Where did we, where did we leave off? Um, well, I don't know page number because they're not on there. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's the full page thing where they show up at Annihilus's palace and he has the palace like draped in people. Yes, yes. Okay, I see it. No, I was a couple pages behind. I we so we already did a uh, uh, cover the the Thanos and Guardians happy reunion on uh, board the ship. Yeah. So we're we're, we're ready to start on that next page, which is the top panel is uh, Groot and Rocket rushing into the teleporting thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Okay. So I am there now. I have the correct content in front of me, and now I'm ready to go. I lied before. <laughs> I. Uh, I, before I said I was I was all ready to go and I am ready for and I, that was a big fat fib is what that's that it was. I'm out of here I'm out <laughs> I am I am an untrustworthy podcaster I've got a great voice but th- there's nothing upstairs oh we're supposed to have stuff upstairs oh, crap. Uh, yeah I know right <sighs> I just make up to go along fair enough fair enough well then <laughs> let's just do that then <laughs> that sounds like a plan all right all right so. So as you as you as you mentioned, uh, Groot and Rocket, Rocket riding Groot as usual. That's kind of old school. You don't see that a lot uh, of late. A lot of the more recent Guardian stuff I've read, Groot has been mini or damaged or just basically you haven't. It, it seems to me like in recent uh, uh, times you haven't seen more current stuff. You haven't seen a lot of full size Groot. So seeing Rocket riding on Groot's back is a uh, kind of a uh, lovely throwback because that's a pretty iconic thing that uh, you don't realize you missed it until you see it again. Yeah, because it's pretty typically been mini Groot, at least for Infinity Countdown and stuff onward, it was mini Groot. And then once Groot's back to normal, well, Rocket's not around as much. Okay. No spoilers. Haven't read Infinity Countdown yet. Oh, no, just saying he's not there. He's not, just not near him that much. That's okay. All. Okay. All right. Through the teleportational portal. Quickly, I love teleportational portal. That seems unnecessarily long way to say something that you could probably say a lot more directly. But this is Thanos we're talking about. So he's like the beast. Not, <laughs> no, one one four syllable word won't do when he can use three six syllable words. Correct. Correct. He probably spends time at home in the mirror practicing saying these things so he doesn't screw it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's I like I like that he's just he's just already like general in general mode. It's like, OK, here we go. I'm leading I'm leading the charge to me, my guardians, so to yeah. speak, which <laughs> which cannot sit well with the rest of them. But they appear to be going along with the program for now. OK, Professor T. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Professor T. <laughs> Ooh. Um, but unfortunately, of course, Annalis is ready for them. So when they teleport in, they are surrounded by giant buggies. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Ew. And no, no, nothing to do but start, uh, start brawling, which they do in their inimitable guardians way. Yes, and with the fun part of all these battles is looking for Pip hiding some hiding in the panels. Yes, yes, I like the bottom one here on this page where he's kind of like he's there, and I don't know is is he fighting or is he cowering? 
I think he's cowering. I do too. I, mean, I just wanted to double check with you before I slandered the troll. And here again is something we've discussed before, um, which is new Adam, um, dark Adam, uh, universal Adam, however you want to designate this current version that we're dealing with in these uh, Starlin hardcovers. Uh, uh, universal Adam. I like universal Adam. I'm okay, going to go with we'll that. We'll go with that. So universal Adam, he has a, he has a different way of uh, a different more casual diction than other iterations of Warlock have had. So I love this where when, when Thanos tells him it's time to spring a surprise or two of our own, Than uh, Warlock's response is on it. I'm like, I just it, it's like it's the he's really this is not this ain't this ain't your daddy's Adam Warlock. No, this is that's true. This is different. He's does speak a little differently than the others. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he uses his new powers to destroy all the weapons of all the analysis bugs so now well they're just a bunch of bugs mm-hmm. I mean, and granted, they're giant bugs and then they are green splatters on the walls and thanos yeah <laughs> splatters on his clothing <laughs> although i do like i guess that's the difference between thanos and us where he says deprived of their weaponry anias's insect warriors are little threat to us and i'm thinking six foot tall insects even without weapons that's a threat to me yes however you and I are comic book podcasters and have the attendant uh, physiques to match. If we uh-huh. were jacked like Drax and Thanos and Warlock, and we could, sh- and we were either armed like Drax and Peter, or could shoot energy beams out our hands like Thanos, then even six foot foot insects would be little threat to us oh yeah like i said that's that's the difference between us and them yes yes uh yes you were being much nicer about it i was straight up saying you know we're nerds yeah you know oh yeah almost like six foot tall insects no 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 no. that's still a problem squish the buggies (laughs) squish the buggies exactly squish 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 you know um although i you know to be perfectly fair i may be i may be a comic book podcaster uh with the attendant physique but I am one who own, who does own uh, weapons, so therefore, perhaps I am armed like Drax, and there therefore, and therefore, could defend myself against giant six foot insects if the need arose, which is kind of the entire point of the of the of the collection, and that's a separate issue. Going moving so, along. So everybody, when the annihilation wave hits or the zombie apocalypse happens, head over to Brian's house. The address exactly. is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know at that point. Yes. Um, yes, I, uh, kind, kind, kind of, uh, was kind of the thinking there. So, uh, the, uh, anni- the annihilation wave hits, I wanted to be prepared. I can't argue with that. Okay. So anyway, um. Yes. So, Annihilus drops down a little trap, mm-hmm. or a little trick, I should say. It's not a trap, it's more a trick. Mm-hmm. A little sonic assault, which basically takes out Adam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Adam is done for the rest of the issue. It is was but a simple sonic assault, Warlock. It is nothing you cannot endure. Wrong. <laughs> yep. Well, like you said, Adam is not. Adam's kind of doing what Thanos did back in uh, Captain Marvel. Yes, I was just thinking exactly the same thing. We talked about that when we discussed the that that original uh, Cosmic Cuba storyline. Mm-hmm. Where he was treating it like a superpower, as opposed to like, no, dude, you're God. Right, exactly. You're not a guy with superpowers. You don't have to fight people. You just say, stop existing. 
Exactly. No, but that that that's a hundred. That is a hundred percent true. That was Thanos's downfall um, then, and I guess it's a deliberate throwback here, a deliberate callback. And in a way, it's like good. That gives us a, like something in a way to root against. We don't want that to be Warlock's downfall here. Where okay, yes, you have infinite power, but just because you have infinite power doesn't mean that you are psychologically or emotionally prepared, prepared to use them. And to be fair, Thanos was looking for it back then. Adam did not was not looking to have it. Right, right. Nor did he realize he had it until it was explained to him. Mm-hmm. So there is a little slight difference as well as try, you know, it's a little easier to judge Thanos for that because it's like, well, dude, you've been trying for this for a long time. You should have prepared yourself. Yeah, exactly, exactly, dude. You for someone who's been trying so hard to be God, you suck at being God. Yeah. <laughs> It's like he wanted the power of the of the biblical god, but he wanted he wanted to act like Jupiter. Yeah, exactly. That's a good, a fine point. Fine point. Well like, made. And yeah, universal work, universal Adam is more of an accidental god. Yeah. So now it's Blastar. Uh, this is Blastar's cue. Literally, someone uh, I believe it's uh, Annihilus says Blastar now. And and man, with all those S's and something about the font there, all of a sudden I am hearing. Oh man, what was his name? Uh, the 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 late voice actor. Sadly, he did die. Who uh, voiced uh, Starscream and Cobra Commander back in the day? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Ah, uh, me too. Me too. He was voiced by, uh, let's see, Chris Latta. That was the name of the voice actor. Died in 1994, aged 44, which is a shame. Oh, real? That's it? Mm-hmm. He was only 44? He was only 44, and he had had all those great, uh, he was Cobra Commander, he was, uh, he had some uh, voices in Star Blazers, he was, uh, um, uh, uh, obviously with Starscream and the Transformers, uh, he had that such, the, that distinctive, that distinctive, uh, uh, high-pitched, screechy voice, and now that is exactly the voice I'm hearing for Annihilus. Oh damn, that's so depressing now. Didn't you, you were you were not aware he had uh, he had left us? No. I am I am sorry to uh, I am sorry. Yeah, yeah, good 25 years ago now. Um since since he since he passed. Sorry, sorry to be the bearer of of overdue bad news. Yeah, he apparently has also laser beak, which is hilarious. Mhm. Mhm. I did not know they had voices, but there it is. I guess, well, he did made a screen noise. I guess instead they had him do it instead of make, getting a bird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Ah, uh, that's disappointing. Yeah, sorry about that. So now I dragged, I dragged it, I dragged this down, man. Because that was that was such a part of my childhood was that oh, voice. Mine too. The Starscream Cobra Commander, high pitched, yeah. whiny. Oh man, when I was in when I was in junior high and first couple of years of high school, that was my routine. I would get home from work, work, listen to me. I would get home from school, I would sit on the the, the couch, turn on the TV and I would watch Transformers and GI Joe. Was there an episode of Transformers real quick from the after after they did the movie when it was in the future, you know, the future, quote unquote mm-hmm. of 2005? <laughs> where they had like an old quote-unquote terrorist or criminal that was basically cobra commander without actually saying it was cobra commander this is the world mr draft everything is for sale 
Might have been. Might have been. I, I'll be honest with you. I kind of lost. I think I lost the thread after the movie came out. Because I never, this is this was a this was a my my old other podcast, uh, the now defunct Podwits. Uh, they used to give me crap all the time because apparently it was a significant ding to my nerd cred that I had never and to this day have still never watched uh, Transformers the movie. Oh, uh, that's still my favorite movie of that franchise. Mm. And uh, yeah, so uh, I never did see that. Never did see that movie, and uh, and kind of around that time, I did start to sort of lose my attachment to the to the to the television cartoons. So that might episode might have uh, aired after I sort of like well, it would stopped have. watching stopped watching in a dedicated way. I'm not sure it was around there somewhere, so uh, I can't I can't speak to it uh, too knowledgeably. Well, yeah, no, any of the episodes after the movie were all that future stuff. So. Mm-hmm. If that's about the time you lost it, then you probably would have definitely missed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure there was. I'm pretty sure there was an episode where they had something like that, where basically they did everything but say, this is Cobra Commander. Big farewell to those big, strong bodies, Autobots! And it was voiced by him, of by course. Him. Yeah. Um, well, they had had him back on. Yeah. So, get a lot. Anyway, uh, I'll put a link for him somewhere in the show notes because he's awesome. Yes, he he was he, awesome. he was he was awesome, and he his work is still awesome. He lives on. <laughs> they simply don't make terrorists like they used to. He lives forever. He's start. He's always going to be Star Screaming Cobra Commander. Yes, indeed, indeed. So, um, Blastar rushes in. Uh, Bum rushes it. Basically, Blastar now this this big uh, scheme was basically hide and then run out when I tell you to. Not exactly playing four dimensional chess here, Annihilus. And then run away because we don't see him again. Yeah, I know. I know. It's very. It's very like childish almost. It's like. It's like he runs up, he clocks, and then he runs away. Bye. <laughs> right. So yeah. So Adam's completely down now. Um, which okay, I just not deny. Oh, I, was... no. hmm? I just realized that he did not run away. I missed him the second oh. he hits Vanilla's. That's him being blasted by Star Lord and Gamora. But because yes. the last takes most of the body, I, if it wasn't for the fact that the beard, uh, yes, what is that? his uh, little beard, uh, beard braided beard. Beard tails? Uh, well, the beard, but the the, the braid, the braided beard, braided, braided beard, beard yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't realize it was him. And I kind of what I love about that panel is that Gamora's not even looking at him. She's just like, mm-hmm. she's like, you, you could you can almost hear her going, ah, and Check. just yeah, just and and blowing him away. But um, what I do have to say, I just not denialist for saying um. For 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 this sort of childish uh, Blastar ploy, uh, for it not, but in a way it is kind of uh, chess-like because the fact of the matter is he was clever enough to grok that Warlock was the key player in this entire plan. So even though he's not, he doesn't really get that Warlock is the object of his quest yet. I don't think. 
and uh, he certainly uh, doesn't understand that Warlock is, in fact, universal now. He certainly picked up enough to realize, take him out, and you vastly... He's the one that you got to take out to really undermine the strength of the opposing team. So good. I'll give him credit that far. And the question is, we'll see in a little bit here, is he the right one to give credit to? Uh, good point. Good point, because now that you say that, I actually recall that you are 100% on point with that observation. Oh, and before we get off this page, all the way, the panel of Warlock being uh, blasted. All yep. the way to the right, almost actually covered up by the next panel. There's the Pip hiding. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It's like the where's it's like where's Waldo on this uh, for this thing. Where's, yeah, where's Pip? Pip? Yes. And then the last panel. Look at the look at the boar balloon between between Thanos's legs. <laughs> it really is. Where's Pip? Like he's got to be doing this deliberately. Starlin, like, I mean, not Pip. Starlin. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like let's. It's almost like a where's Waldo thing. It's like hi Pip in the little background of like where's he hiding? Yeah. Um, that is that is kind of awesome. I love that. So they switch to their Infinity Watch comlink, uh, which so would mean they... only. So it's what only Thanos, Adam, Gamora, Pip. I wonder if Drax would still have it or not. Uh, good, good, good question. Uh, that may be revealed coming up. I'm not sure. So then we move on to the big uh, two page spread here with more fighting. I have to feel like I'm just curious about like the last few pages have been a lot of big fights. And that's great, and it is moving the narrative forward to a certain extent, but I also have to wonder if it isn't, on some level, a little bit of a, a filler, a little bit of page count uh, padding. Um, Maybe. I mean, this part here, once we get into this part, it started to become very much like uh, Aliens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are, I am reminded here, uh, once again, we have uh, observed it before, but it, it bears repeating, Warlock isn't the only one with a somewhat different or uncharacteristic mode of speech in these in this graphic novel here is drax once again who modern post-annihilation uh drax with the with the red tattoos he's always sort of been known for a much more formal or high level uh diction in his dialogue and yet here as in the rest of the graphic novel that we've observed in prior episodes He's uh, speaking much more casually, getting overrun here. You know, that's that's a much more casual way of for Drax to speak. So, well, I, and I I do think, though, actually reading more of that um, count, the Infinity Countdown and stuff. Mm-hmm. I do think what they've been doing with Drax recently is making is bridging him a bit more of Drax and um, Arthur Douglas. OK, OK, perhaps. I, so maybe uh, that is a uh, accurate representation. Now let me ask you, because you clearly, I think you have read I- Infinity Countdown. Mm-hmm. Um, have you read uh, Infinity Wars? Yes. Okay. So I have not read any of that yet. That's uh, just. I'm curious though. In in light of that, now that you've read that, in high, is this that we're reading here? Is this Marvel Universe? canon or is this like a sort of pocket starlin verse that we're operating in i'm not sure because nothing is really i mean they don't really reference reference it but there's to be fair on this one mm-hmm. i'm trying to keep myself pure i've read this mm-hmm. i read infinity relativity the four issue miniseries that comes after after this and the infinity finale i have not read okay so i can't say how it ends now so far i don't see anything in here that really couldn't have been mainstream. 
Okay. I mean, okay. unless they do something like kill Annihilus off. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm just curious because the characterizations of uh, Quill and Drax are different-ish, and Gamora, Gamora also seems like not entirely. So, so like my two choices here that I'm dealing with in my head are either this is 616 Marvel Universe canon, and Starlin is just stubbornly or clumsily, take your pick, not portraying these characters consistently with the rest of their portrayals in their other titles, or... or it's alternative. It's all alternative, in which case these are like different versions of these characters, and he's dealing with them on his own terms. Um, I I'd say more it's the first one, and probably a bit more stubbornly, or at least mm-hmm. they're fitting they're fitting in what he wants to do, what what he wants for them. Right, right. Because I mean, we have to remember this is still a bunch of different creators. No one's going to get it everything exactly right of the same way. And I mean, no. this goes back to like we'll go read Secret Wars, and I'm talking the original one, and then go we'll read X Men and go. Is this the same Wolverine? Because these are like two different characters. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. And and unlike many, unlike unlike some, I won't even say many, but unlike some other comic fans of my acquaintance, I try not to get too hung up on consistency in that way. I try to take works, uh, any 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 work like on its own merits. Like I used to, I used to really like try to try put a lot of mental effort into trying to interlock everything together and and make it all play nice as one giant huge hole and then i realized you know with the number of, uh, number of different threads that there are and the number of different um creators involved in the various uh, uh avenues of creation there's just no way to do that without driving yourself crazy so this is this that is that and I'm going to enjoy this for what it is. I was just curious more than yeah, anything no. else. Oh, I yeah. It's, it certainly no, wasn't going to keep I, me up at night. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it is, I mean, it is something you're going to think about still. At right, time. exactly, exactly. But, like I said, I have not, now, until we get to the end, I can't 100%, safe, 100% say for certain, I have not yet seen anything that makes that would make me say, oh, this can't be in the same reality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... You know, I don't know what the official story is, and also, let's be fair, I don't know how much of the official you know, thing of whether it's, you know, in continuity or not has to do with story mm-hmm. or issues between people. Mm-hmm. That could be. That could be as well. You know, a lot of times these things happen because of issues with people. I mean, go, let's go back again. What I said about speaking of the creator I was talking about a minute ago with uh, Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, look what happened in New Universe. The thing yes. called The Pit. I mean, we know why The Pit happened at that place. Mm-hmm. Because somebody did not like the hometown of somebody else and said, I'm going to blow it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yes, I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about, too. Not naming any names, but. So, y- you know, it's like kind of like. A lot of times with these things, you're kind of a lot of times these things. I like what John Wilson talks about a lot, of, like hate canon. It's like, you know what? Unless something really drastically comes in the way and says, no, this is impossible. If it works in your head canon and it works enough for what you're reading, go with that. That's and that's I'm fine. I am absolutely fine with that. Hey, this is Dion Bai. I'm here with my friend Jay Blake, uh, both of the Podwitz fame. We've got a new um, podcast coming out for you. Do you remember back in the day when 
having your friends sleep over your house was the highlight of your week where you'd uh, go out with your parents and you'd rent every movie under the sun and you'd get some Jiffy Pop, uh, you'd max out that rental card and you'd uh, get some Joke Cola and stay up all night long watching more movies than you think you'd be able to binge watch? Uh, I do. Well, we've got a new podcast that you'll love. It can be found at saturdaysleepovers.podwits.com and basically what we're going to be doing here at Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers, we're going to be profiling new and old that we used to watch when we were little. Yeah, movies from action movies to horror movies to maybe even new movies. Yeah, whatever we think could be a forgotten gem or something that we think could be a cult classic. We'll be seeing if the old movies still stand up, if they're as good as they used to be, if we remember them, and if they warrant a second viewing for people. So come on down and listen to us at Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. That can be found again at saturdaysleepovers.podwits.com. We'll be waiting for you. Later. So uh, returning returning to the, the fight at hand, uh, of course, the first thing we have to mention is Pip is still. Uh, where's Pip? He is holding his head or ears. And uh, clearly, uh, get, still not participating in the fight in any meaningful way. Uh, he's doing what he always does. He's hiding by Thanos and Gamora. Yes. Since Adam's not around, he's going for the next best thing. And also, um, I do have to point out that this uh, particular visual iteration of Groot that I continue to think of as Beta Ray Groot. Oh, God, um, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. That's what he looks like. Yes. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it's fantastic. He is really good at fighting bugs because in this, like, I'm just loving this. He's like no persnickety, like nothing dainty or delicate about him. He's with his right hand. He is just straight up squishing a bug's head or popping a bug's head off its. You can see it pop off. Yeah, and then with his <laughs> with his with his left arm, he's just sort of like doing that shoot out extension thing and skewering. Uh, a number of different bugs, and it's all very efficient. It's all very gross and messy, and I kind of love it. Yeah, and speaking of gross and messy, we have right up front Drax with his knife. His yes. hand is in a bug's mouth with the knife sticking out of the top of the head. Yeah, I guess that's one of the really nice things about these being insectoid aliens uh, that they are fighting is that they can really kind of let loose with the creative gruesome violence and not have to worry too much about transgressions of any kind because you know they're not like, killing people so to they're speak. not killing people so any of these groovy disgusting i gory ideas you have about ways to off beings go for it because they're bugs it's kind of like what going back when we were talking about before when we're watching you know the shows of our the 80s cartoons and it's like oh look they're all just robots. It's all robots. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we can blast. Exactly. We can destroy them all. Yes, <laughs> we can. We can have a giant gunfight because you know, essentially, because they're just robots. <laughs> yeah, it's either that or just make sure you show a parachute fly out of the plane. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> ah, well, what are you gonna do? Anyway, <laughs> they continue to fight, fight, fight. This happens a lot around the Guardians of the Galaxy. I've noticed. I'm just remembering back to. Um, I'm just remembering back to uh, Infinity. I don't know if you ever read that crossover event. Uh, that one I have not. That was a dead spot for me with comic-wise. I was like kind of very not able to get very much at that point. Right. I, so I, I read it. That. I read it, and it was uh, it was pretty good. But it was you know definitely wrapped up not just with the Bendis run on Guardians of the Galaxy, but also the Jonathan Hickman run on uh, Avengers: New Avengers, and all of that you know giant epic Marvel continuity that was going to wind up leading up to. Uh, 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 Secret Wars. Secret Wars. 
the only point I wanted to make was that being another big bit of Guardians of the Galaxy storytelling that I took in. And they do just spend an awful lot of time uh, running around corridors having firefights. So. Yeah, well, that fits for them. And like I said, this last this this book actually is very much like the movie Aliens. The first half is all like it's all the setup and everything, mm-hmm. and it starts off slowly, and then you get all of a sudden you get into the part where it happens, and then everything just is basically just run, 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 fight, 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 run, run, run. People get knocked, at, people get blasted down. Also, very similarly, this is a bug hunt. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right. So, because Peter Quill's now shot. Right, right. He he's hit. He's hit uh, Groot. So now we've got Groot carrying Quill, and we've got Gamora carrying Warlock, and they're still and of like, course. running and shooting and running and shooting. And, oh, I think I'm gonna bring up the other one being carried. And what's that? I said I think I'm gonna bring up the other one being carried because Pip is riding on Thanos's back, piggyback style. Yes. Well, <laughs> piggyback style, or is he just kind of like holding on to his arm for dear goddamn life? No, the top panel. He's the top panel. He's riding on. Oh yes, 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 yes. I see. He's. I guess. I. I was looking at the middle panel. Oh, okay. When he actually group picks up Groot, actually. Yeah. Group picks up. When Groot picks up Peter, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The top panel. Pip is riding on his back, back style. Yeah. 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 So, um, and and meanwhile, (laughs) Thanos via the Infinity Watch comlink is explaining to, I'm guessing Gamora. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like anybody else is really participating in this conversation. Um, Gamora, uh, he's explaining to her the nature of this new universal than, uh, atom. Yeah, and, he's not the atom she knew. He's the, right. He, he's, he's powerful as both eternity and infinity. Within him lies the vibrancy of all that was in that doomed actuality. And I just love this little bit at the end. God, an apt comparison. Yeah. What we've now, been my saying. Question, my question is this, though. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, is this a, th- a Starlin mistake thing? Is this a change in Marvel? Or is this just Thanos not realizing? Mm-hmm. He says, Adam now possesses the potential might of the living tribunal. Mm-hmm. But I thought there was only one living tribunal. Like, there's an eternity for every mm-hmm. uni- every multi, you know, universe in the multiverse. But there's right. one living tribunal for the multiverse. Okay. So if there's only one living tribunal, even if you have the power of a whole universe, you should not be no a match for the living tribunal because the living tribunal is like, dude, I cover 80 of you. <laughs> one of you is not a problem. Maybe, but I don't think, I think at that level, those um, big beings, there's, there, there is a, there is an official name for them in the Marvel universe. And I cannot now remember what what eternity infinity the living tribunal uh order chaos all of them uh all of those beings i can't remember what they're called now um, oh they, like the cosmic uh aspects or like they're the not the, the yeah they're not the internals that's something different um anyway i digress um my point is i think at that level they're all i don't i don't think there is a significant uh, gradation of power between them. I think the point that Thanos is making is there is that sort of top tier, uh, eternity, infinity, um, the living tribunal, all of those like top level beings. I think he's just making emphatically making the point that that's the power Adam level is that Adam is, is, is on now. And I was going to say, even at Thanos's level, Mm-hmm. The difference between eternity and the living tribunal might, you know, while significant, might still be, what's the difference to him? 
Yeah, exactly. From 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 the level of the of of from our level, the level of the mere mortal, even the very powerful mere, mere mortal, they're all quote unquote God, as Gamora quite aptly points out. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess that works. It just for me, I'm like, wait a minute, what? But you're right. It's that's kind of nitpicking a bit. It's like, okay, so you know, so the guy on the street doesn't know the difference in power between Doctor Doom and Doctor Octopus. They just know it's powerful. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you can't. Yeah. So we we move on to the next page. Oh. They have they have blundered into a uh, a trap again. Annihilus. Annihilus. Uh, big Annihilus. Annihilus is a big boy now. I like uh, Gamora's uh-huh. question here. Then why is he currently unconscious? This is just what we were talking about. I like like she's really like God an apt comparison. Then why is he currently unconscious? There's a little bit of exasperation there. I like it. But also, um, that's what we were just talking about. It's like he has the power, but he's not psychically prepared to use it yet. Yeah, he's not prepared to be what it is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is not a mortal being. Exactly. You know, he would have to be gone from that body mm-hmm. and be a complete, or that body would have to be gone. He have to be. He'd have to be a cosmic being himself. Right. Right. Uh, Thanos explains as much to Gamora over the. But then I like like this. He. This is this is as sassy as Thanos has ever been because Annihilus says, uh, "Titans <laughs> surrender and escape death through servitude," and and Thanos's response is because that worked out so well for both of us last time. Oh my <laughs> God, that is like millennial sarcasm from the Mad Titan. I love it. Yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, that. That was such a great plan. Let's do it again, dumbass. Yeah, you can almost hear Thanos. Thanos saying, Shah. (laughs) (laughs) And there's Pip again. Run away? I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. The, the the fight goes from bad to worse. And now it's 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 big boy on big boy. Thanos versus uh, Annihilus. Mano e mano. Yeah. And Thanos, of course. Mm-hmm. I like how the first thing they think is Thanos is going to lead them. Well, right, right. Which, okay, to be fair, given their history, that is a completely fair thing to be thinking about what you're, what they're witnessing here. Yeah, because he teleports out and teleports above Annihilus to attack from above. Mm-hmm. I have the high ground! And, yeah, we got some really nice fighting between, especially that page, that full page. And this Thanos is another, blasting him. This is another thing I like about modern... Thanos. He's definitely, this Thanos that we're looking at has definitely grown somewhat emotionally since uh, the Thanos that we were reading about back in Captain Marvel in the early 70s. In that that, that Thanos was your, your pretty much stock standard would-be universal dominator uh, with all of the, for lack of a better way to put it, with all of the emotional immaturity that that goal implies now this thanos hit i don't know that universal domination is still a goal for him on any level but what i like about this new thanos that we've seen throughout these these recent hardcovers is he's always willing to give his adversaries their due respect he will he will oppose them he will you know, uh, fight them for what he wants, for whatever his goal might be. But that said, he will absolutely acknowledge their worth because here, I, and, and I like it, it makes him a very appealing anti-hero in a way. Because when Annihilus says, think you I will be that easily slain Titan, Thanos says, definitely not. 
but perish you shall, tyrant. He's like, yeah, I'm going to win, but I know you're not going to make it easy. He's giving Annihilus respect, and and that is a, a an important character beat for this for for Thanos here. You didn't think it was going to be that easy, did you? You know, for a second there. Yeah, I kind of did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. But no, yeah, he definitely has. I mean, if you look at that old one, like we said, the Captain Marvel one, he's definitely, Thanos had the emotional maturity of he just hit puberty. Right. And he's in love. Mm-hmm. And that's all that, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Those are the old, that's all that matters. And, but if you look at the things slowly over the years, like the emotional maturity of Thanos has kind of gone up a bit. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I mean, oh. granted, like, it's all caused problems. I mean, I would say Infinity Gone with Thanos was like, 15, 16 years old and in love, which right. is also a problem as opposed to 12-year-old Thanos in love. But now we're like at least a college age. Absolutely. And I, I like that. You know, that's not always something you see even with a long-running character. You will see them change. But what I like is if you if you look back at the Starlin verse as a as a whole single thread, which let's face it is one of the things we're kind of doing here in this series, uh, you and I, at least are part of it. If you go back and you look at the Starlin verse as a single thread, if you had no other evidence or indication that Thanos is a character that is important to Starlin, that is near and dear to his heart, that he has a lot of uh, creatorly affection for a lot more uh, affinity for than maybe some of the other characters that he has worked with over the decades. Um, that is, is perhaps the strongest bit of evidence of that is the fact that he has given Thanos the most visible and rewarding through line of growth as a character over the course of the last 45 years. Yeah. And you can also see that ex- actually on the same page in his conversation with Gamora. Mm-hmm. When she says, well, then why did you bring Warlock into this perilous situation? And his answer is arrogance. Exactly. I foolishly, I foolishly thought I could guide Warlock through the transition on the fly. As opposed to before, it was just, how dare you defy me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's someone else's issue. Now this was like, no, that was my mistake. It kind of, and that's why I said like college age Thanos, because like, you know, maturity wise, because to me, that kind of like reminds me of like, Back either when you're in college or just after college, when you get to that age where you look back at your life and you're like, oh, my God, I was such a little. Yes. <laughs> How did my parents not drown me in a river? Oh, I, I, I say it. I say it all the time. I, I, I freely admit when looking back on my life from my current uh, advanced age i am in fact uh 241 years old now um no no but (laughs) But you don't look anything over 230 thank you thank you you're very kind you're very kind no but i freely i freely acknowledge when i look back on my life i'm like wow in hindsight i was pretty much an (laughs) until i was about 30 yeah but (laughs) but the first time i think you look you realize that is somewhere in like the in college the quote-unquote college age early very early 20s is when you first look back and go Oh God, I was horrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to go apologize to them. Yeah, no, and um and another nice thing here is you're right, you're right. He says arrogance. It's 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 a thing that is I think in short supply 
especially okay this is this is this is a bit of a strange thought so bear with me as i attempt to express it clearly here uh-huh. and i'll try not to try not and try not to soak up too much of our uh, airtime uh, working this through but um villains or even anti-heroes, but especially villains, they tend to be more utilitarian characters. If you look generally at the kind of stories we consume, like we are concerned with the personal journeys of the heroes, of the sympathetic characters. And villains tend to be around mostly to fulfill a purpose, to give those heroes, those protagonists, something against which to struggle so as to generate and motivate the growth that we look for. That said, even um, you consume a lot of stories and even heroes, but villains especially being more utilitarian characters, a lot of them tend to have... they tend to be used rather blatantly by their storytellers for whatever goals the storyteller has in mind for the story. So that if, for instance, uh, in order to get wherever the storyteller wants to get to, the hero, our protagonist, needs to have a specific uh, but frustrating blind spot, frustrating from the point of view of the reader, well, he'll give him that blind spot and we'll have to watch the the, the hero do this or that dumb thing um, because the writer needs them to in order to get to X, Y, and Z end point, which has been the goal all along, right? Yeah. So, and you'll see, and you'll see that phenomenon, that convenient but frustrating uh, character flaw or blind spot. You'll see that even more with villains because we really need them to have flaws uh, in order for the protagonists to overcome them and reach the end point of their growth, reach their, their triumph, their victory. So it is especially gratifying with a character like Thanos. Uh, it's especially gratifying to see that this specific character uh, aspect in him that we're seeing here self-awareness when he says arrogance i foolishly thought i could guide warlock through the transition on the fly he is expressly perceiving and acknowledging a a failure and a weakness on his own part adjusting his plans accordingly he's still thanos he is still mission-oriented goal-driven and pragmatic to a fault but he is adjusting his actions and his plans to accommodate his own failure, his own uh, acknowledged uh, uh, flaw. And that sort of self-awareness in a character, in a fictional character, is always super gratifying to me as a reader because it means that whatever is going to happen next is going to happen with the full awareness of the character that it's happening to and who or who is making it happen instead of what is all too often stuff happening to the character that we as readers are thinking, well, if Woody had gone straight to the police, this never would have happened. You know what I'm saying? It's like we're sitting there aware of how this could have been avoided. And in this case, no, this is going to happen exactly the way it needs to because the character is going into the situation with full awareness. And I like that. I love that. And that doesn't happen all the time. No, even even the better, a lot of the better villain characters that have good motivations or a good character, it still stays the same. I mean, Doom's problem will always be his arrogance mm-hmm, and his ego. Mm-hmm. And he will never notice that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
that no matter what he does, it will always be his arrogance and his ego that leads to his downfall, and he will never acknowledge that. Correct, correct. So, you know, you, and you're right, and he's, it's still it's still understandable, and it still makes him a compelling thing. to. I don't want to say that, you know, you can't enjoy reading a story like oh, that. Oh, God, no. But I'm saying, you know, when you have this sort of intelligence on display, both by the character and by the creator, it bumps the gratification of the story up a notch. And I, I, I particularly dig on it. So there. Well, it, it does Rant make it over. easier. <laughs> it does make it easier to read that character as on their own mm-hmm. or as a lead when you do something like this, as a, when, you, when you do this, where you allow them to grow and change as mm-hmm. opposed to the, the other way. It doesn't mean Doom's not a great character, but let's face it, with the exception of like once or twice, has you know, there's really no ongoing Doom series. I mean, there was that Infernal Iron Man. Yes. But yes. I haven't had a chance to I haven't had a chance to read that yet. Now I would not be surprised though if maybe they were doing something like that in that book because Oh, they did. They the did. T- it was great. It was great. Yeah. It was a phenomenal book, and that is exactly what they did in that book. And, and my and my curiosity is now that Fantastic Four is back. Mm-hmm. Will that be continued, or will he go back to well? I'm Fantastic Four's back, and I'm their main villain. I have to be Doctor Doom. Yeah, the, you know, especially now that that Bendis, who was the primary driving force of that Doom, has uh, departed for the Distinguished Competition. Um, it is entirely. Uh, it would it would not surprise me if the editorial edict was a sort of character reset on him. Kind of like Magneto back in the day when we were reading X Men, where it was like you know he was definitely more of a complex character. You know he was still the former Magneto, but he was trying to change his ways, trying yeah, to honor yeah. Xavier's dream. And then they're like, no, we need Magneto to be the bad guy again. Yeah, no, exactly. Late, late Claremont Magneto was the best Magneto. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, no, 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 we want to do, we want to have him try to take over the world. Right. You know, we need we need villains. You know, that's the problem. You keep, and I, I guess I sort of understand it from an editorial standpoint. If you keep reforming your villains, you're going to run out of villains. Yeah, but I think they have plenty of them. You just have to you have to. It's not a just mm-hmm. you need to be able to create good villains, but you also need, you know, but it's not just create good villains. You need creators who can take villains, because let's say let's be honest. Frank Miller did not create Bullseye. No, but no. he made Bullseye. The what great villain that he yeah. was. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Bullseye existed. So, what same thing with the Kingpin. People, he did the same thing yeah. with the Kingpin. Yeah. And Kingpin, I, well, I think Kingpin at least started at a higher level than Bullseye, original version of Bullseye did at least. Slightly, but, but, you know, yeah. But yeah, like you need to be able to, you need people to take these things, but then not, and be willing to do that with these newer characters because... But at least you can do interesting things with the older ones while bringing up the new ones. I mean, look what Bendis did with uh, Purple Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Up until, absolutely. I mean, when did Alias start coming out? It was the 2000s. So up until the 21st century, Purple Man was a joke character. Yeah, yeah. Not this terrifying monster that he has become. No, absolutely true. And that was, yeah, absolutely. And that that that's what we're t- and that's kind of what we're talking about. But I guess I guess you know just just to put a put a put a quick cap on my little uh, on my little rant there. I think perhaps it's a little bit narcissistic because I, I I just had the realization that perhaps one of the things that's so gratifying about seeing what I'm describing here as self awareness in a character like Thanos isn't just that the character has grown, isn't just that the character is aware of the of of the way they are now, but because they are aware of the ways in which they have grown, it's really nice 
because you're right. A lot of times we do see characters grow and change over time, but the characters don't always seem to notice it the way we readers do. And when they do, it's super gratifying because like you're seeing here, Thanos is seeing what we're seeing. We, we look back on Thanos and we say, man, you were so arrogant. And here he's like, nah, you're right. I was. And that is super gratifying. Yeah. So, All right. Let's say, get to another <laughs> few more pages, at least. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love this, this Thanos line on the next page. So he pops out of the, out of the teleportation oh, portal yeah. behind Annihilus and he zaps him big time with his, with his zappy hands. And then he says, and I, uh, over the comm link, I will be engaged in changing Annihilus' status from overreaching despot to historical footnote. Man, this, 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 this Thanos has a way with words. I dig it. I dig it. Oh, that, I do love that line. That, that is so is much a, fun. That is a great line. That, that harkens back to a, to an earlier line. I think it was in the first, uh, um, I think it was in the first hardcover, uh, where, where he said, uh, Welcome back to the world of the living and breathing and fearing the inevitable cessation of the of such. <laughs> and I'm like, he he just has a way with words, this guy. I love it. Like I said, I think he practices these lines in the mirror at home. He probably does. He probably does. He does spend a lot of time by himself brooding in that chair. That's what he's doing when he's sitting there. He's he's practicing his uh, talking. <laughs> well, I mean, imagine if you're Thanos of Mad Titan. You're trying to say that you're leaping out of Nihilus and you're like, I will be engaged in changing analysis status from over over despot reach. Ah, crap. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't. That'd be embarrassing. Yeah, absolutely. No, you have to nail it. You have to nail you it. You're going to you have to nail the one liners. That's like super. That's super being 101. Doesn't matter if you're a hero or a villain. Got to nail the one liners. Yeah. But apparently the bla it did him. He was a little arrogant there, too, because analysis took his full blast and mm -hmm. no effect. Yep. Just yep. punches him back. And and this is this is actually giving Thanos pause. He actually observes he is disturbingly more powerful than the old, uh, which strengthens the suspicions I have begun to have concerning the insect tyrant more than just his size has changed. Hmm. Something he is changing into a being much like Warlock and myself. OK. Interesting way to put that, because he just got done telling Gamora that Warlock is god functionally speaking so oh, yeah. thanos is not yet entirely free of the arrogance that has always been one of his traits well maybe that but also the fact i don't think he's talking about warlock as he is now i think he warlock as he was before because remember it has always been said for like the last 30 or so years that mm -hmm. warlock and thanos are like like there's a few beings warlock and thanos are two of them mm -hmm. that are kind of definitely out of the cosmic norm Mm -hmm. You know, the realm of fate does not really hold sway over them. Order and chaos, like, they, they kind of are, like, the X factors in the universe. Mm -hmm. You know, the universe can kind of figure out, well, let's say we can kind of guess what's going to go on. We can guess what Cap's going to do in Spider-Man and that. Like, they're able to plot their courses. And then it's like, uh, oh, Thanos. Oh, crap. I have no idea what he's going to do. He, he, they're they're, they're the, uh, the wild cards, the free radicals that are going to enter any system and change it in unexpected ways. And exactly. they remain they remain in that way. They remain sort of agents of chaos, if you will. Yeah, that's very true. So I think that's what he means more for Annihilus. Not that he's putting although he might also still be con 
a little arrogant enough to think of himself as like, yeah, okay, Adam's God, but you know, I'm, I'm the next best I'm, thing. Yeah, I'm close to it. I'm close to it. So, um, uh, Annihilus must be destroyed. So, so really, it's like he's like this. There's so many reasons. Here's another reason: can't let anyone be this powerful besides me and Warlock. <laughs> well, mainly just me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. He's, I'm sure. If this wasn't an issue right now, there would be some machinations involving Warlock that Warlock would probably not be happy about. Oh, absolutely. And again, it's easy to, you know, misread Thanos in light of these new developments. Uh, because here, after he says Annihilus must be destroyed, he says, I must also protect Warlock and Gamora. And you think to yourself, first of all, that's how unlike him wanting to protect people and then i wrote no 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 this is mission goal oriented mission focused pragmatic to a fault thanos he must protect warlock and gamora because warlock's what's important and gamora's protecting warlock therefore gotta protect them just as 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 resources not as beings as resources yeah although to be fair they're probably two of the only beings that he would actually consider protecting anyway no no that is a hundred percent true but my point is but yeah no, you're right. almost forget is still, you know, sort of unsentimental to a fault Thanos we're talking about here. Yeah. And while they're fighting, of course, we have the rest of the Guardians Mm -hmm. still being chased by dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of buggies. Mm -hmm. And they're pretty much, this is a lost cause. We're not getting anywhere with this. We are completely effed. Yeah, exactly. It's time to teleport out. mm -hmm. So they, so they, they all do the pip thing, and nothing happens. And who is responsible for this? None other than the real mastermind of evil, Dr. Baltar. Baltar. Yes. Now, I'm not sure here, though. Is he just monologuing, or is he actually telling them like over a loudspeaker? No, no, no. He is monologuing. He is gratifying. Self- Self, con- Self congratulating. Yeah, exactly. That's he's congratulating himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, nope, nope, nope. Sorry, Pip. When you were here last time, we analyzed what you had, and I figured out a way to jam your teleportation. Once you were in here, you were trapped. Your zapping about days are all behind you, cretin. You know, now here is real arrogance. And it's interesting because, in light of Thanos identifying arrogance as a sort of hamartia, if you will. A little, uh, little ancient Greek for you there. A fatal flaw. Yeah, you know, it's like now we're seeing Doctor Boltar displaying that kind of arrogance. So that's a bit of a signal that okay, maybe that will be his downfall as well. But certainly not yet, because right now he's still got the uh, heroes kind Upper of heft. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and looking at his picture, by the way, reminds me. You were right last time. You said the Vogons or the Vogans yes, from Doctor Who. The Vogans from Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, well. I mean, it'll be gone by the time this episode goes up. But if you go on my the Facebook page for for the podcast right now, mm-hmm. I know I changed it already since I think. But I did have a picture of the Vogans up there. Oh, cool! I think I that was the profile picture for like a week or two when that episode came out. Nifty, nifty. I think it's been it's been changed now. It's a Conan medallion. Oh, okay, okay. From the seventies. But but yeah. I, I changed I changed that up from depending what the episode is. What's stuff from the episode? No, make 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 sense, but that's still cool, you know. And yeah, I'm telling you that it screams at you once you see, once seen cannot be unseen. Oh, I agree with you. So they're like, okay, well, we got you know. So now it's time to start running, running and hiding now, as opposed to just running away from the fight. Now it's like, 
okay, now we got to figure out a way to hide because mm -hmm. we can't leave. Mm -hmm. And what about Thanos? Eh, screw him. Mm -hmm. He's the one that got us in here, and he can take care of himself. Good. Or we think so, because we go back to him fighting Annihilus, and, uh, well, that's pretty going back and forth. And this is a full-on, this is a full-on, like, blast fest now. They're just, it's, it's, it's interesting. We've gotten to the point... <laughs> <laughs> my brain is poisoned by my uh, by my uh, professional wrestling fandom. In most of the really good, lengthy professional wrestling matches that I've watched over the last uh, couple of years, you know they'll 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 start out slow. They'll build to they'll build 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 to the point where they're hitting big moves on each other, near falls, you know, almost getting the pin, blah 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 blah, and then there will always come a point somewhere in the back half of the match where the two combatants or two of the combatants, if there's more than two in the match will just start beating on each other with, with, you know, like striking at each other, just trading blows, you know, with forearms or whatever. And it's a way of sort of slowing down and sort of pulling the pace of the match back to prepare uh, the audience for the climactic finale that is probably coming somewhere in the not too distant future. So, um, and it works every time, you know, from the pacing of a well, well story told professional wrestling match. And I feel like that's a bit of what we're getting here. They're, they're trading not forearms, they're trading blasts, uh, energy, energy blasts, but it's still the same kind of thing. It's just two, warriors who've kind of been at it for a while just now just slugging at each other in their own way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because first you have Thanos blast Annihilus, Annihilus blast Thanos, and then you have the power-up mm -hmm. where, and, where, you know, they're almost like going to Super Saiyan 2 or something. With the giant blast from that, which basically destroys half of like half of the buildings nearby, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that there are buildings. You never think of the negative zone as like these buildings have been constructed and they are tall. And we're in the I feel like we're in the are we in the negative zone or are we in in, yes. in our universe? OK, so we're in the negative zone and yet clearly the negative zone has inhabitants there's a lot of floors on these buildings you have to think that they were designed to hold well not insects i mean are there insects with office jobs in the in the negative zone i kind of love that idea yeah like it's just you, things things that you start or 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 were these buildings just here to to like is there world building behind it or were they just put there to have something to spectacularly destroy with this giant splody bit here I don't know. I only know the bare bits about Annihilus in the negative zone, so I don't know. Like, for instance, I don't know if he's the lord of these people that built the civilization or if he kind of came in and because Annihilus is definitely one of those, you know, I'm going to I want to conquer for conquering and like crazy people. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I could see him going to this place that has a civilization and basically wiping it out mm -hmm. with like just like the bare minimum of of uh, intelligence left over, like, you know, wiping it all out and just taking it over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. Because he just wants to be a conqueror in control. 
or it could be that this was an already deserted place that had once been inhabited and no longer is and he just sort of moved in on a in an opportunistic way there's a whole there's a whole unexplored negative zone archaeology here that i could disappear down that rabbit hole if i wanted to and i'm not going to not gonna do it but it's tempting yes yes oh dear oh dear okay so i just turned the page and now you know getting real you know how you know because thanos thanos is speaking in his own logo yes when your speech is represented by your logo that's when you know that gotten real <laughs> yes and actually he brings up a little bit of the points we were just talking about he says uh now because we find out now at least according to thanos Nihilus has only been around for about a hundred years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or a little over a hundred years or his acquisition of power um, well yeah that yeah least. yeah um, so we're talking early 20th centuries when roughly around the time the Nihilus started taking over the negative zone. Right, exactly. But, and as he says, I've been maximizing my personal might for long centuries. So he's saying we forget I, that. Yeah. No, it's it's true. It's true. He's been he's been at this for some time. Yeah. Well, we forget that sometimes that they're not just doing these things as we see them that, you know, the Thanos we saw in Captain Marvel was still had has a like centuries of history behind him. Mhm. So and yeah, he says he might be more even he might even be more powerful, but experience will, will carry the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of exactly. course, the, oh, and the other factor, he I is. am Thanos a Titan. Logo speech. <laughs> bah. Hey, Gene, we should do a podcast. Sounds like a great idea, Jeff. But what will we talk about? How about a superhero that we both love? Perfect. Someone like Thor or Captain America? Uh, both great choices, but um, I think they're being covered by somebody else already. Wait, I've got it. What about the protector of the universe? Like Voltron? No, no, no. The guy with the jewelry that lets him create whatever he wants. Ah, Green Lantern, nice. Close. No, this guy has cosmic awareness. Captain Marvel? Almost. I mean, Quasar. Ah, Quasar. Who doesn't love a good Quasar? Tune in to the Quantum Cast, covering all things Quasar. Yes, that's right. You can find us at quantumbands.blogspot.com. And on the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Yeah, that, that didn't sound scripted at all, did it? Well, before the episode ends, we probably should get to our feedback. And today we are covering feedback for episode 96, Infinity Countdown Part 3, Outrageous... On Facebook, the post about this episode was liked and shared by Joe Sedano, Tim Price, Gene Hendricks, Pat Sampson, and Jonathan Schaefer-Hames. On Twitter, it was liked and retweeted by Eb Tassam, Jason Snick Venable, Prajavin Saxena, Tim Price, Wedded Podcast, Bub, and What Would Cap Do? Also, got a comment on Twitter from Jason Snick Venable. Saying thanks to Adam Thanos Pod, I now picture Silver Surfer riding the cosmos with a Walkman, listening to Detachable Penis. Is there really any other way to picture the Silver Surfer? Honestly. Anyway, on Tumblr, the post about that episode was liked by El Barbas7. And while we're on the topic of Tumblr, let's thank a few more of the people who like our Tumblr page. Thank you to Juvalorcon, Dark170, Launchpad, Flare Joe, 
and Carnelis. Now, we got several different ways you can like and follow the show, and some of them will be ways that you can like and retweet or share the episodes, and therefore have your name set on here, and get your own ego stroked like all these fine people. Of course, there's the main Tumblr page, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. On Facebook, we have a Facebook page. In the search box, just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos. It will pop up. On Twitter, we are at AdamThanosPod. You can follow the show on Podbean. Leave a comment there. And, of course, you can send an email. ResurrectionsPodcast at Yahoo.com. This show can now be found on Stitcher. In case you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is Radio On Demand, a free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows, plus discovered from 20,000 others. Available on iOS... Android, Nook, and iPad. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at Stitcher.com or in the App Store. And I'm thinking that page is the perfect one to end on. I agree. So, yes, so logo speech. When you speak in your own logo, that's when you know stuff's happening. That's that's when you know that that, that something, and, and he has done something. It looks like he is putting, uh, again, to use a wrestling metaphor, it looks like he's putting a nihilist down for the count with that with that thunderous uh, energy blast. Is he? We will find out. We will find out on the next episode of Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. All right. So that's it for this time. Mm-hmm. We will be able to, we'll be back one more time soon to finish this off. And, but we're left with a nice little cliffhanger here. You know, <laughs> will Thanos win? Where, where what's going to happen to guardians? Where are they going to hide? And if you think that will be resolved with, by the end of this hardcover, you haven't been paying attention. Well, it's a trilogy, so no. Yeah, exactly. But come back to find out what does happen, please, for our, for our final uh, Infinity Relativity episode. Yes. And actually, it's more than a trilogy. It's a quadrilogy? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole like sort of nesting Russian doll of series. It's kind of fun. I like it. Yeah, because technically you got that Hulk for Sandals series, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. I, I, I like it. A lot of content for us here. Oh, God, yeah. All right. Well, Brian, thank you for being on. I appreciate it. Uh, My pleasure, as always. Look forward to the next time. All right. And we'll see you guys all next time. Bye. Bye. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended or happening or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peacelovproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. Hello. Did I lose you? Think I lost you. Testing, testing. One, two, three. Did you, uh, you dropped out on me, buddy.